Hey, Philip, why does Karl Marx dislike Earl Grey tea? I don't know, Tommy. Why? Because all proper tea is theft. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. I, I think that's the first time I've I've got a or I've heard a a leftist dad joke. Yeah, we need more of those. Well, I, this feels like the right space for that. So I was really oh, excited. Yeah. That's the one that last week I had, and and then and then I didn't give, and I was like, oh oh, I want to, but I want to do this. I want to do this <laughs> pun, and now I got my chance. Yeah, uh, that's so good. Now now you really raised the bar, though. If, <laughs> if we're gonna like that, you may have peaked us too early on the dad joke thing. <laughs> well, hopefully, I will make up with that with some quality improvements, um, as a lot of you maybe have possibly noticed uh sound quality could be a little bit better i've got some sound deadening that is curing in the other room right now and i'm working on getting a whole brand new camera set up so that you know it's not uh 720p in the year 2021 it's uh 2022 so yeah 2022 i don't know what year <laughs> it is <laughs> but i know that we are definitely this is like the lo-fi hip-hop of the viewing that is going yeah. on this podcast uh, well you know if if we live on the, in the timeline where you know years from now we're incredibly popular and we have like a million followers on youtube there'll be the the we're giving the the indie cred to the people who are like i was there during the 720p in 2020 days or 2022 <laughs> days we're just gonna keep rewinding that clock and yeah, let's yeah. do that let's do that can please. we please go back <laughs> um, so let's talk this this week about something that nobody wants to go back in, uh, and what we all desperately want to and need to go forward in. Uh, there's a reason I started this off with a Marx quote. Um, this week we're going to talk about parental leave and the absolute clusterfuck that it is. Um, so before we begin, uh, let's talk about how much parental leave uh, we are respectively like that I'm about to we're about to have or that you had during your children. Um, so we I'm taking two weeks of uh, sick time for my own paternal leave. And Kathleen is taking uh, between six and eight weeks of uh, maternal leave. Uh, how about you? Um, I don't know what my current company's is because it hasn't been relevant to me in a while. Uh, but when I had newborns, it was under two different companies. In the first one, it was two weeks by policy, but my manager looked at me and says, and said, please take as much time as you need. I will make sure that you get it in that way that, you know, he was willing to break whatever rules or things, not, not going to make me put it into my PTO or whatever, uh, which was very cool of him. Uh, I ended up taking, I think, maybe three or four. I forget. It was nine years ago now. Uh, and uh, for my second one, I was working for a startup where I took two. Uh, they didn't really have a policy. So um, I took two because we were already in the middle of a big dev push and I could already tell the CEO was unhappy with me for taking to having the inconvenience of having a child in the middle of his uh, feature development cycle. So, um, you know, I only took a couple and then went back to work. 
So, and and I, I'm uh, and uh, your wife. How much? I mean, did did she? Uh, sorry, I. I uh, my wife is is uh, fortunate enough uh, to be a stay at home mom, so um, she didn't have to have. I mean, she simultaneously had zero time off and no time off. So, <laughs> right. uh, as as a stay at home parent. <laughs> is uh blessed and or cursed with so um yeah that's kind of uh she's a stay-at-home mom right so yeah so that gives us i think an outline for what where we are and i think we're both extremely privileged uh, or on the extremely privileged end of the scale i know most places i've worked a lot of places I've worked didn't have sick leave, much less maternity and paternity leave. And and the whole thing I'm going to get into in this episode is how I hate that that's all bound together. Like we bind sick leave with with uh, maternity leave in a way that I have a problem with. Um, but also, yeah, like a lot of places don't even have sick leave. Um, it, it really relies on FMLA, which we'll get into that. But so before to now to roll into it. So what is maternity leave? Uh, which seems like an obvious enough question, but obviously it isn't because we don't have guaranteed maternity leave. So the people who are writing our laws and making decisions in our country and voting on things clearly don't have a solid idea of what maternity leave is or why it's important. Uh, So it's leave for during pregnancy and after delivery for the purpose of the mother and the baby's health and wellness. Pregnancy is hard on the body. Postpartum is hard on the body. Uh, A C-section is a major abdominal surgery. Uh, And as well as all of the recovery aspects of this in which any other form of surgery or, um, you know, thing your body goes through would typically, most people would expect much longer recovery periods. Um, There's also an element of babies just requiring this time with their parents. Uh, We have just mountains of data on the importance of skin-to-skin contact between uh, a baby and both of its parents. Um, This is something that is very important in the first uh, uh, couple of months of development for babies. It's something that, you know, like uh, coming from uh, uh, my wife being in the veterinary community, you know, it's a thing that is very understood in the veterinary community that you never separate a dog from its puppies until uh, generally eight weeks being the general rule. Um, And it's also... Be you know, I, I hear a lot of the frustration of how we are more understanding that puppies need to be with their mom for eight weeks than we are understanding about the idea of that babies need to be with uh, their parents for eight weeks. So yeah, I was even going to mention, uh, although it's not the point of the episode here, and I'm absolutely certain this is an entire episode series on its own. Uh, if memory serves, at least when uh, my wife and I were having children, uh, getting skin uh, post, like Im- like immediate, like after delivery, skin to skin contact was extra. You had to pay for that. It's like, why do I have to pay for you to hand me my baby? That's like that's like peak late stage capitalism shit to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, and that is um, <laughs> that is the next note on our outline. Uh, this is all in direct conflict with wage labor capitalism. Once you put together all of these realities together, it does not collide with wage labor capitalism. Um, So then that brings us to what is paternity leave? Um, Because, and this is a question that I do see and hear brought up 
still quite frequently from people of well, why do dads need off dads aren't going through pregnancy aren't going through delivery <laughs> uh. <laughs> well leave for during so paternity leave is leave for during pregnancy and after delivery for the purpose of the mother and the baby's health and wellness it's the exact same thing as paternity leave because uh from the paternity aspect and this is and i want to be very clear this isn't just men this is uh whomever is that second part of, of or second or more part of that relationship with somebody um for that other half of the relationship you are the, that support person you are caring for this person as they go through possibly a major abdominal surgery as well as just dealing with pregnancy uh, postpartum health um pregnancy delivery all of that stuff is a big rolls into this um, it's also, it allows for the partner to a pregnant person to perform the around the clock support role, which is, yeah, that's, you know, uh, and, and again, like, just like we set up above babies require, we see again, mountains of data showing that it's not just skin to skin contact with mothers. It is skin to skin contact with both parents is vitally important. Um, so yeah, you've got to be home to get that. If you're at work 12 hours a day, you are not going to get that skin-to-skin -skin contact and developmental contact with the baby. And again, all of this conflicts with wage labor and capitalism. You, If you can't have one parent home for eight weeks, you sure as shit can't have both parents home for eight weeks. It'll destroy our capitalistic society. Nobody will be at work. There'll just be babies everywhere. And what will we do? And I want to be clear, like eight weeks is a pretty bare minimum type shit. Like there are places in Europe and other and other locations around the world where like you get significantly longer than that. I've even heard as high as six months. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it is far below medically recommended, which is again, something we'll get to uh, here shortly. Yeah. Um, I, I get so uh, frustrated when it comes to this kind of stuff, because like it, it's the um, it's such a, good example of like the the like cold hearted violence of the whole thing in in terms of like um how the system interacts with people because like you get you're like you said it conflicts with wage labor and capitalism there's this idea of like we need people at work being productive 100 percent of the time and then it's like okay well you gotta take off and the thing that like is especially gross about it is like these are this is pto that they grant you supposedly as part of an employment if it's p paid which i mean that's another thing that we'll get to later uh a huge at least in the us <laughs> there's a lot of uh leave that is unpaid here which is like what a joke yeah that is but um it, it there's so there's so much like um lack of sympathy for like what's good for children all from the the people that will also do the the whole thing of the children bit when it comes to other policies you know they just like talk in one end of their mouth and out a different end of their mouth on a different issue and it's just like the hypocrisy is so transparent and yet um so many people don't see it yeah um and and that's you know it, it, all of this it is and it becomes this hegemonic view of this idea of what's possible well this isn't po it isn't possible to give this kind of appropriate you know, what we all kind of see is what would make sense and be appropriate and function 
Um, well, it's just not, you know, it's just not possible within the realm of capitalism. Uh, you know, it, it, it reminds me very much of during the pandemic when I was doing virtual learning academy stuff. And uh, because, you know, these kids couldn't be in school because of a pandemic, and there being this big push of like, well, we got to get these kids in school. Well, okay, if you want to do that, you have to solve this pandemic issue. No, 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 no. We can't deal with that. We just have to get these kids in school because if the kids aren't in school, their parents aren't at work and everything, everything is going to collapse. And um, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be a shame? <laughs> you know, you, you just, yeah, and, it, it, and that's where this hegemonic thing of like, it, it, it so illustrated to me, it, for me, it was the first time I had really seen and understood how parenting has became in the United States and how it has became this thing that is directly averse to capitalism. Um, the idea of any parent, either parent, staying home and parenting and just taking care of a child as they grow up is directly averse to capitalism. And... Yeah, that's an untapped market, man. We could we could find <laughs> someone to do that professionally and pay them wage labor to generate profit for capitalists some more. Yeah, and I mean, and then that brought into this whole other element of it is like, as we were working in this virtual learning academy, what had really ended up functionally happening is it wasn't safe enough for kids to be in school. So they had to find a place for kids to be at with people who worked for less money than the people who were in the schools. You know, it's, it's, you don't actually address these issues. You just kick the can down to a lower paid worker who by virtue of being a lower paid worker can accept a higher degree of risk. And yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the frustrating thing is the whole time the conversation is framed by, like you said, what's possible, which is not used as a real call for analysis. Like no one, no one who says like, we have to stick to what's possible. We got to be realistic. They're not going in and saying like, what's the, the most beneficial thing that we could get away with that wouldn't just like completely, uh, you know, uh, explode everything at once. Like I, and the, the frustrating thing is because like, that's not, wrong in the sense of like it's not wholly idiotic or whatever it's true that there are suggestions that are too big of an immediate shift to do tomorrow or next week or whatever like if someone's like we should have a post money society that's cool but that's gonna be a lot of restructuring a lot of rethinking that if you try to do all that at once is probably gonna result in violence so like yeah, if you want to aim for that, we're going to have to be realistic and do the next possible thing, in my opinion. But like, like giving people maternity leave or parental leave that's a long period of time for the health of children isn't like impossible. You could probably just grab a paper off of the People's Policy Project for paternity leave and slap it into United States law and call it a day and it would be done. The only reason it's not possible is because it doesn't serve the interests that control all the politicians. Like it's not, it's not impossible from a structural or a resources point of view. It's not like we can't afford it. It's only impossible because people who have a lot of money and power don't want it to be possible, but that's not what impossible means. Yeah. 
And another critical element of this, of, of this hegemonic element of this is that we, we view it because within our life, it, it, it potentially is existed within our lifetime. So therefore we view it as this thing. That, well, that's just the way it is the way it always has been and the old way it always will be. And it absolutely fucking has not been this way for yeah. the grand vast ridiculous majority of human history now and now and i don't before i get too down too far down a human history rabbit hole here i want to be very clear that historically uh women have been uh can like restrained by patriarchal systems within the role of child care we don't want to return to that. Like that is not yeah, the path yeah, yeah, to go yeah. to. Like you know, you know, adhering to traditionalism is not the solution here. But to say that it's that or this is fucking absurd. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it's not no, a natural feature of the world. It's not like <laughs> people went aha. Here we are. We we see humans in the wild in their natural existence with their exactly two weeks of unpaid paternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it, yeah it's ridiculous and it is not the way it has to be and it is not the way it has always been it is very new and i want to do an entire episode talking about latchkey parenting and how it fucking led us to here but that's a whole other episode yeah yeah um so let's talk about how parental leave looks in the u.s so we've talked about what it is we've, we've kind of div dived into what it, what it looks like but let's dive deeper because specifically the only kind of parental leave that a vast majority of workers in the united states see is fmla so fmla provides employees 12 weeks of unpaid job protected leave for themselves or a direct loved one that lives within their home well not just lives within their home it can also be your parents but it's a loved one right and uh, so but only if you qualify only if you qualify um and it's very important to put a pin on the fact that this is unpaid job protected leave really all it does is say your employer can't fire you because you have a broken leg now this is important it is important to have this kind of a law in place and we didn't have it until 1993 and that's fucking absurd but it doesn't actually, i didn't realize it was that recent yeah <laughs> um and it, it doesn't address any of the things we're talking about and like, it really 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 frustrates me because this is a thing that does come up in conversation a lot when you talk about like well nobody has really a form of maternity or paternity leave and they're like well but we have fmla that's like guaranteed leave that everybody gets and i think a huge chunk of people specifically managers which is a real weird classification of people to not get this don't understand that it is unpaid leave and the idea for a person who is living paycheck to paycheck which the vast vast majority of americans are living paycheck to paycheck to take 12 weeks of unpaid leave is that is a direct recipe for being unhoused and hungry. Yeah, you know that thing that you're doing that's a giant medical thing uh, where you, you like grow a person inside of you and you're going to need a really long hospital stay and constant appointments and checkups and care and tests and everything that basically means you're going to look at your deductible schedule monthly payment plan for that amount and uh, hope that you have something better than 30% co-insurance so that you're still not bankrupt afterwards. Anyway, so like once you take care of that, make sure you have 12 weeks of savings lined up so that you can take off work because uh, you ain't getting paid. Uh, how realistic. 
It's fucking absurd. And this is for the people who qualify for FMLA, and it is absurd for them. For 44% of American workers, they don't qualify for FMLA. Only 47% of white parents qualify. 23% of Hispanic parents qualify for FMLA. It's... It, it's not even relevant to most people <laughs> and it's bullshit on its own i guess i guess like 44 percent don't qualify it's technically relevant to quote unquote most people but like it sure is walking that line in a <laughs> like and and the worst part is is it's like it's like a line drawn in the sand that's like they're walking carefully it's like oh well over half of people qualify for this you're like if you qualify for it it sucks it's not good. Like this, this line is so far off of where it should be. And it, and it really feels like a, um, uh, what is it like a, almost like a honeypot type of thing where it's like, no one can seriously look at this and be like, this is good. People will be happy with this. Like it has to be like a thing that was created for the purpose of being like, okay, here you go. Look, you got your victory. Now shut up and go away. Like, and people were like, well, at least it's something. And then, uh, like, it's not. It's because it exists not in a vacuum of, of if it was like, if this was the only thing that was wrong about society or whatever, like, I would be like, well, that kind of sucks. But, and maybe we can do something about that. But, like, it's not that bad. Like, uh, there's good safety nets and there's good paying jobs. And, you know, most people qualify or whatever. Like, instead, it's, it's like, exists in a world in which like also every single time this is happening someone is walking on the edge of being bankrupted by anything going wrong medically during this entire process not to mention other like just random broken legs and shit that can go wrong like all all kinds of stuff that is basically guaranteeing that these that the people who are in this position of getting 12 weeks of unpaid leave are already straining their finances to their limits also we can have children a thing that humans like if there's anything that is natural that you can look point at humanity and be like here's a natural behavior of ours it's having children it's like one of the few things that actually you can defend with that and it's made impossible by the circumstances it is a scientific qualifier for a life form. One of the, and, and now, and I want to be very, well, now before I go down this path, I want to be real clear to say that if you're incapable of reproducing, you're just as equivalent of a human being as anybody else. Right. Um, but something we said that when we study new, whether or not something is a new life form, we ask, is it capable of reproducing? Not on the individual level, but as a generality, as a, on a systemic level, is this right. life form able to reproduce? And the American worker isn't. <laughs> yeah, right. So the American worker is dead. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> or probably not, to be honest. That's not, honestly, probably a new criticism, but uh. <laughs> and, and I mean, and this gets into like the crux of why it really, really frustrates me how in the process of all of this, all the research I was doing for this episode, everything I could find, even from organizations right now fighting for more parental leave, 
are lumping parental leave with sick leave. It is always a, well, we need a family leave thing so that when you're sick or if you're having a baby. And this is the thing that really bugs me. Having a baby isn't a broken leg. Having a baby isn't just a surgery or a, or a, you know, all of the medical element of this. It's a function of being a human being and you shouldn't have to pick when you can't. You literally cannot pick between having a medical crisis this year or having a baby uh, because it is nine months that you are going through the process of having a baby. Once you throw in that extra you know, couple of months afterwards, you're looking at the whole year process of this that you commit to several months, usually even before conception. And within all of that time, some medical emergency can and likely will happen to you. Um, the idea that you cannot, no, 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 you got to bank all of your sick leave to be able to use it for parental leave is fucking absurd. Yeah, I sure hope a pandemic doesn't come in and ruin all of that for anyone. Not like that would happen, haha. <sighs> and then financial experts, experts have the balls to come in the room and ask why birth rates are dropping. And... <laughs> <laughs> we can tell who has thought about that for five minutes and who hasn't <laughs> um and but now so far we've only been talking about the national level so i'm sure it's better at the state level right philip oh yeah as a oklahoma native anyone who's looked at <laughs> oklahoma knows that the political situation here is great for uh left-leaning uh positions well, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I have bad news for you. It's bad for a lot of people, other too. Um, uh, so only nine states have any laws pertaining to paid parental leave. Hey, that's Just... almost 20%. <laughs> and they're all exactly where you'd expect them. They're all coastal states. Uh, plus, I think Kansas, because Kansas is... Look, I, as a Missourian, I spent most of my life shit-talking Kansas, and I'm gonna say it, gonna say it right here. Geographically, I prefer Missouri because I like hills, and I don't like being able to stand on top of my car's roof and see to the other side of the state, but Kansas is a better <laughs> state. <laughs> I mean, they have, they have abortion in their constitution, and they have, uh, apparently, uh, maternity leave at least <laughs> yeah so um yeah uh so sorry i lost my i got so frustrated i lost my place in all of this um so yeah missouri uh the state i'm in has no laws pertaining to um mandated parental leave to my knowledge oklahoma doesn't any either um with if an it exception did, i would probably die of shock <laughs> I'll, I did die of shock when I read the following thing. So Missouri does have one exception. One person tried to do it. Governor Greitens passed an executive order requiring all state employees to have uh, an amount of parental leave. Now, to be fair, he didn't stipulate how much parental leave they would get. Just some there would have to be some kind of parental leave for all state employees and the idea was that you know as most of these executive orders like this is a sign to like you know the the con you know the, the house of representatives and all of them to fucking do something about this for the rest of everyone else which of course they did not but the the dude 
who should be rotting in a prison cell right now for rape is the only person here who did this thing. I, sorry, Philip, I don't know if you know anything about Missouri politics, but Governor Greitens is a piece of shit. That's... I should, mean... <laughs> okay. Based on we, that one fact alone. <laughs> I might... I might almost, you know what? Let's let's almost end this episode on me ranting about Governor Greitens, and I'm unprepared for this. So you should fact check everything I'm about to tell you because I'm probably going to get a little bit off. And also, content warning for sexual assault and rape and just predatory dude being a piece of shit. So Governor Greitens was our previous governor. And his barber came out and said that first it kind of came out that like he had had uh, a sexual, he, he was married and that he had had a relationship with his barber. Well, what the situation that happened is that he raped his barber. Um, he tie, he duct taped his barber to um, like a, like a, some type of like restraint system thing. I, I don't, I, I've read that it was a chair. I've also read that it was something else, but he, he duct taped, he restrained his barber, gagged her, blindfolded her, and then forced her to give him oral sex. And ended up in federal court over this and everything. He never really denied it. He just denied that like she didn't, she he denied whether or not she consented she did not consent to this his wife left him uh he did uh was forced to resign as governor and now we have a new governor parsons the reason why governor parsons is the governor is because of this and then the asshole had he, he managed to barely dodge prison and the son of a bitch had the gall to run again this year and i will give missourians the credit to say that he lost in the primaries, <laughs> but good grief, he tried to run again. It is some people have brain worms. Like that's just a you know what I mean. Like this this guy's this guy's just like I didn't get any consequences for that. Maybe I can dodge the consequences for my political career as well. And at least there was that amount of justice in that moment. <laughs> Yeah, as so, inadequate as that is. So this episode went off the rails, but I just had to educate you on that's, our worst that's modern political. And Missouri has a is a political roller coaster, but who oh boy? I mean, we wow. are this we are the state that up until the mid nineteen seventies had an executive order on the books that all um uh, who um uh, da, 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 Mormons yes all Mormons were to be shot and killed on site in the state of Missouri. <laughs> it was literally executive order 44. And there was a lot of people who have argued that perhaps, um, uh, George Lucas got his idea for executive order 66 off of Missouri governor order 44, uh, uh executive order 44, kill all Mo uh, Mormons on site. That is wild. <laughs> Missouri's a state. Uh, it is a state. I'll tell you I mean, that. That 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 is uh, something else. Uh, wow. I least, uh, you know least... what I do here, though. I hear Missouri does have an executive order requiring state employees to get uh, uh, maternity leave. <laughs> it does. 
So and it, uh, it is still a standing thing, and it is still, as an employee of the state, you have maternity uh, leave, but nobody else does. Um, now, this next episode, we will dive into what other countries have and what medical professionals recommend, and perhaps most importantly, what you can do um, to achieve uh, parental leave wherever you are, how you can fight. Um, this is one of those things that, like, as I've been you know, having more, uh, encounter with this now is, you know, we're getting close to that time and I'm learning about it in research. All of this was all news to me and oh boy, am I getting mad about it? And I feel like this is going to be a crux of a lot of my, like, this is going to be a, a target point of a lot of my future political action. Um, because it's just one of those things that like everybody, like conservatives don't like conservative people, voters, don't disagree. Everybody agrees. No, you should be able to stay home and take care of your kids um, in general if you choose to, but also specifically your newborn. N nobody wants less maternity leave except for management, except for the people who hire employees, and except for shareholders of companies who want to maximize profits. Nobody else disagrees about this. This is something there should be a massive amount of political unity over, there should be a massive amount of political energy over, and there should be a massive amount of political organizing over, and there just fucking isn't. And it makes me a little angry. I really want to know why every single person who is ever out here talking about how, you know, oh, somebody think about the kids, why are you not throwing a Molotov at your local chamber of commerce? <laughs> oh, man. The... The whole thing is just insane uh i completely agree that um it's a great organizing tool it's a fantastic wedge issue as well because it forces um these people who stand up and talk about like family values and you know won't you think of the children and all that stuff to explain to their base why uh yes we care about children and yes we care about family values but families don't need to be together they need to be at work yeah yeah well that is this week for us um next week is going to begin in about five minutes we'll start next week's episode just as riled up as i'm ending this episode <laughs> but i'm excited about it this is a, a a pair of episodes that has educated me a lot on a thing that i think a lot of people need to know more about and uh yeah i'm excited um, well, I mean, not excited because this is a dark ass topic that frustrates me, but you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's energizing whenever you learn a new thing that radicalizes you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you all for joining us. Uh, I have no call to action this week, but we will next week. Uh, other than to say unionize your workplace, you go unionize your workplace and then come back to us next week. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please let us know in the comments if you unionize your workplace this week. <laughs> yes, uh, please do. <laughs> um, if you, uh, speaking of social media, uh, don't forget to, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, to uh, like the video, uh, leave a comment, uh, and hit the subscribe button. Um, if you want to really support, the podcast uh, in a direct financial way you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash raise them left and uh if you want to uh follow us on you know social media you we have a facebook page and we have um a i guess the facebook page is it 
besides Patreon and YouTube. But uh, I think we're working on getting uh, some TikTok and some other stuff up. So that'll hopefully be uh, out at some point. But yeah, find us on social media, follow us, and uh, it helps us out a lot. And to anyone who shows support, thanks so much. Yes. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, night, or whatever time of day it is. Bye.